Welcome to Skin Care Moxie, the podcast to educate, inform, and empower you to care for and love the skin you're in. Presented by The A Method, the medical-grade skincare brand co-founded by induction therapy CEO Angelia Insko in collaboration with renowned cosmetic dermatologist Dr. Tina Alster. Welcome listeners, I'm Kelly Fletcher, host of Skincare Moxie. Each week on this podcast, I get to tap into the brain and experience of skincare expert Angelia Insko. She is CEO of the A Method Medical Grade Skincare Company. She's formulated hundreds of skincare lines and is the inventor of the collagen pin microneedling device. Oh, and oh, by the way, she also owns a CBD company, Shalia Botanicals. Angelia and I started this podcast to dig deep into the skincare industry and dispel myths, educate consumers, and ultimately equip you with knowledge so you can make the best skincare purchasing decisions. As a consumer, you're inundated with hundreds of skincare products every time you go to the store. To add to this, most skincare brands will put certain phrases like hydrating, clarifying, or anti-aging on their labels to grab your attention and stand out in the sea of products that you're faced with. It can be really confusing. One would think that it would make it easier to find a product that will address your skin concerns. And unfortunately, that is often not the case. You may just end up choosing to purchase a product that claims to produce a specific result and end up with lackluster results, if any at all. And I believe Angelia has a story she's going to share on that with us today. So it's no surprise that most of the women we talk to find themselves confused and overwhelmed when looking for premium skincare. And premium skincare is not inexpensive, so you want to make sure you're making the best decisions. So today we're going to pick Angelia's brain about active versus inactive ingredients. And when we first discussed this episode topic, my first thought was, well, why should there be any inactive ingredients? and skincare products. Isn't it all about the active ingredients? So that begged the question that maybe you've even asked yourself, which active ingredients versus inactive ingredients are important and what do we need to know about them? So Angelia, welcome back to Skincare Moxie. Kelly, thank you. And I hope everyone had a great Labor Day week and is getting exciting about us getting into cooler weather. Fall is my favorite time. I love all those colors and I love that nip in the air. I know, so. me too. I already, I'm not excited about pumpkin spice though. That can just stay where it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love pumpkin pie, but I am excited about fall decorations. I ordered a, like a new fall wreath for my door and I'm excited about getting pumpkins, but I'm going to wait till like later on in the month for that. It's a little too premature. I'm also excited that it's football season again and I call it football weather. So Angelia, I'm really, I, this has been one of my favorite episodes that I've researched and written. And I'll start out by asking you just the basic question, what are actives in skincare? So the Food and Drug Administration requires that these active ingredients be specifically called out on the packaging of a skincare product. So that would be considered as a drug since the active ingredients are drug ingredients. Now, some of those, it's only if like, I'm going to use an example, salicylic acid. If it's 2% or more, there has to be a drug fact box that states that. If it's under 2%, that drug fact box don't have to be in there, but it still should show in your ingredients. So a drug fact box on active ingredient is one that'll be in white. It'll be, let's say we're looking at the back of a box. It would be at the top of the box, singled out separately that says active. And then down below, you're going to have your list of ingredients. And also, You've heard us talk a lot about sunscreens. That's going to be that way on sunscreens. Those actives are going to be listed up here separately and everything else is still going to be listed down at the bottom. 
In addition, the FDA also requires that ingredients be listed in order of prominence with the formula. This is something we talk about a lot. So typically look for the first three to five ingredients on the label, and it will tell you mostly what you want to know. So to sum it up, active ingredients are what makes the skincare product effective. Absolutely. So, and it is regulated by the FDA as a lot of skincare products are not regulated by the FDA, only if it has certain active ingredients that are considered almost OTC. pharmaceutical yeah. or medical grade. So on the label, when I'm curious, you know, I understand that to look for the first three to five ingredients, are the active ingredients separated from the inactive on the labels? Or is it just that it lists them in the order of how much is in it? Only if it's an OTC product, meaning that it would be regulated then by the FDA. Not all active ingredients are regulated by the FDA, but if it's an OTC product, it will have a separate active box along with then the ingredient box, which will also list that active again. And OTC, for those of you, I think most people know, means over the counter. So it's what you can go into, you know, your local drugstore or cosmetic counter and purchase versus medical grade skincare, which is regulated well, products that have a certain formula are regulated and you can only purchase those from a physician's office, dermatologist, medical spa, et cetera. So I'm curious about what are some of the most common actives found in medical grade skincare and in particular in the A-Method products? Can you give us an overview of you know what some of the big names or big ingredients are that we need to know about and which skin concerns they address? So Kelly, I'm going to go ahead and just give you a list of all of the ones that you'll see mostly in skincare products on the market. So there's retinol. There's different forms of retinol. There's vitamin C, which a lot of us know as L-ascorbic acid really being the gold standard of that. There's alpha hydroxy acid, which there's glycolic acid is an example. Beta hydroxy acid, which salicylic acid is an example. TCA. So that's trichloracidic acid. Hyaluronic acid, which is what they use as a filler actually to inject, uh, it's responsible for plumping in your skin. Peptides, there's growth factors, plant, animal, and human. Azelaic acid, alpha-arbutin, kojic acid, hydroquinone, benzoyl peroxide, charcoal, sulfur, and sunscreen actives, which you've heard of say before, there are many. This is a list of the most prominent ones you're going to find in medical skincare. It's not a list of absolutely everything. That's a lot of actives to digest. If you had to choose just one that you think is the most important that we should prioritize, which active would it be? Retinol. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> so retinol, as you've heard me say before, is an anti-aging game changer. I tell you, Kelly, if people listen to this, they're going to get my message on retinol because I really, my skin is, it's all about looking healthy because I use retinol, retinol, retinol. Studies continue to show that retinol reduces fine lines and wrinkles, reduces pigmentation, and improves both tone and texture of the skin. Retinol is better for stimulating collagen than tretinoin, and skin will titrate much more quickly to retinol. So titrate, what that means is that it's going to become used to it. So if you did start out and you had a little bit of peeling and flaking, usually not burning so much with retinol as you can with tretinoin, then that actually usually will go away within two weeks or less on retinol where it doesn't necessarily with tretinoin. Usually with tretinoin, if you ever titrate, a lot of people don't, you're looking at two to three months of that. 
Well, that's a new word. I've never, I did not know that word in, um, in my vocabulary. Tritate. Uh, titrate. Titrate. Yep. Titrate. Yes. So we did on one of our very first episodes, if you listeners, if you're interested in going back, we had an episode on retinol versus tretinoin and what the difference is in the two. And tretinoin is also known as retinol. So one of the things that's often confusing to me when it comes to retinol is what concentration to use and what are the typical concentrations and how do I know which one is right for my skin? So we typically see 1% and or point. 5% retinol concentrations. There are some that are less. You want to have the one that is the highest in strength that your skin can tolerate. Most people will start with a lesser a strength one and then go through that and then maybe move to a higher strength one to the point that they get to the highest strength one there is because obviously the higher the strength, the more collagen you're getting stimulated. Right. So what is the highest percentage that you ever see? Is there a limit to how much retinol can be in a product? So we make actually peels that doctors perform in their office that is a four and an eight percent. And then in the A method, we actually have a two percent retinol product. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think mine is one percent. And I worked up, I started at 0.5 and then I worked up to one, but one even sometimes I have to back off and like take a night off because sometimes I'll get a little peely depending. But so let's talk about inactives in skincare. What are inactives and do we need them? Yes, we absolutely do. So most inactive ingredients are emollients and stabilizers. And their purpose is to transport the actives in skincare to the intended target areas of the skin. Preservatives and fragrance are other types of inactive ingredients which a stabilizer can kind of fall underneath that kind of preservative category as well. So parabens, chemicals are chemicals commonly used in skincare and cosmetics as preservatives and have been directly linked to breast cancer and should be avoided. So parabens in skincare, first of all, they are carcinogenic, okay? And if you see parabens on a label and people say, how do I know if it has parabens? Well, you'll see it'll say methylparaben, and it's usually down towards that last five or six ingredients in there, but there's different types of paraben, but it'll always end with the word paraben. And there's a, it's a proven clinical studies that proves that it can lead to breast cancer. A lot of biopsies on breasts, actually, when they study the biopsy, they have parabens in it. It also, though, can lead to men having infertility issues as well. So it really messes with your hormones, and you know, all of us know that Actually, hormones links to our whole aging process in our body. So most fragrances also, they're under the inactive and may also cause allergic reactions in people that have sensitive prone skin. So we know that as far as an inactive goes to avoid parabens, if you, you know, at all costs, and that you talk a lot about stabilization and the importance of stabilization in formulating products and how that the lesser expensive products expire sooner or they're, they're not as stabilized, so they don't last as long and they're not as always as effective. Well, that, that could be the case, but what you really hear me say is that parabens are a cheap way to stabilize. And so when you're buying a cheaper product, you really ought to be really aware to look for the parabens at that point. Let me just tell you, there's a whole website dedicated to paraben-free skincare for the Breast Cancer Association because anybody who's had breast cancer they will tell them not to use any products with paraben in it, whether it's your, you know, body lotion from, I don't know, Bath and Body Works. I'm not saying that has parabens, but those perfumey, less expensive body lotions, 
or, you know, something at Target, something like that, that you feel good and is nice. Those actually might be stabilized with parabens and you just really need to watch. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, Let's go back to retinol for a moment. Since retinol is the number one active ingredient that you recommend above all others, are there any ingredients that should not be mixed with retinol? Well, what you want to do is we've talked about this before. You want to look at the molecular weight that would affect the penetration of your main active. So you should also be aware of the actives that will not remain stable together. So I would never mix peptides or growth factors in the same formula as a retinol. And also by adding too many actives to one product, it dilutes the effectiveness of any one active. So be aware of that. So can you speak to salicylic acid and BHAs as active ingredients? What products do we see salicylic acid and BHAs in and and what percentage do we typically see? So as we said before, salicylic acid, if it's 2% or more, it does have to be listed with the FDA and is an OTC product. And you do see with salicylic acid, you will see a lot of 2%. That is FDA approved for treating acne. Now, and if you have that on your active ingredient box, you can say acne. If you do not, and it's less than 2%, you can only refer to it as kind of a blemish control. There are also chemical pills that doctors use in their office to treat uh, blemish-prone or acne-prone skin, and they can be obviously more than 2% and run up into different, you know, higher percentages of maybe 20% and that sort of thing in the physician's office. Okay, so salicylic acid is drying, right? I mean, typically, does it dry? It dries your skin out? Yes, it can. So is there anything or any tips for how dry skin, if you have dry skin or your skin is getting really dry with salicylic acid, maybe you are blemish prone, what types of moisturizers or um, what can you use to combat that? So, um, you know, the salicylic acid, the good thing about it is it helps to remove the dead skin and unclog the pores. So you want that. It's kind of exfoliating and it's also helped killing the bacteria so that it doesn't build up on your skin and create blemishes. Let's say, for instance, a teenager goes out and they are uh, on a basketball team and they're practicing and they're sweating. It would be really good to have a salicylic acid pad like of some sort to wipe off their skin to go ahead and kill that bacteria immediately. That way they won't break out as much. But when that happens, it can also make them dry. And we want to add back in and hydrate that skin. What we don't want to do is use some sort of hydrator that's going to make them oily because they don't want that either. They're already feeling oily. So we want to use something like hyaluronic acid. That's an oil-free moisturizer. And in the A-Method one, we have one called Soothe. And it's oil-free. It uses coconut milk as its hydration. So that or the hyaluronic acid in there would be two great hydrators that doesn't add back in oil. Oh, I love the Soothe. It's very nice. So would it be helpful for anti-aging skin to have salicylic acid and glycolic acid in our cleanser. Absolutely. So it is actually helping to kill the bacteria and it's actually to exfoliating those dead skin cells as you wash off this so that your active ingredients you're putting on behind it can get into your skin better and be more effective. So that helps unclog pores when that's my number. That's my number one skin concern is pores, yes. pore size. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I'm going to figure it out one day. Well, but. we're getting ready to launch a new uh, A-Method product called Skin Perfecting Serum, and it's going to help pore size like you cannot believe. Oh, I can't wait. When is that launching? Well, I would say 
this September Pretty sometime. Soon. Okay, yes. awesome. Well, so talk to us about alpha hydroxy acids as active ingredients. Where do we typically where do we typically see alpha hydroxies? So alpha hydroxy acids are glycolic, lactic, pyruvic, mandelic, phytic, and they're derived from natural substances like glycolic acid. It comes from um, sugarcane. Naturally, it would be somewhere that it came from. Mandela can come from almonds. Lactic can come from milk. So they are natural substances that are available in various concentrations, including most often 5 and 10%. And in some medical grade skincare systems, you'll see them step up to 15 and 20%. And by doing that at those levels, we're actually stimulating collagen with glycolic acid. The A-method glycolic cleanse has 5% in it. And the A-Method daily blemish pads contain 8% glycolic acid. Okay. So I'm hearing you, uh, one of the, my jobs on here is to translate this into layperson's terminology. So it sounds to me like there are a lot of active ingredients that can help you get to the mountaintop. It's just which one is going to get you there faster and which one works the best for you. It's true. Okay. And you really and need the combination to real- of products. Correct. So you really need to realize that some of the, these active ingredients, it's usually not one fits all. So, and I equate that, and you've probably heard me say this before, it's like going to the gym and I got to use this machine to work this part of my arm and this machine to work this part of my arm and this one to work, you know, my, my shoulders and all that. So by layering all these different active ingredients, we are targeting different areas of the skin to keep it functioning in a healthy manner. Okay, got it. So are there any other active ingredients that you particularly like that are, you know, what, up there on your list? Well, you know, TCA is one of my favorite actives. And retinol, obviously, everybody knows is up here. Vitamin C's, antioxidants is another one that everybody needs some of. They're very, very preventative. And I'm a huge alpha hydroxy acid person. I use alpha hydroxy acid every day. Well, and I love the A-Method C antioxidant gel. I use that in the 20% concentration. And I use that every morning. I feel like that's putting on my armor to go out into the environment because since it works as an antioxidant and it scavenges for free radicals, I feel like I'm putting on a layer of armor (laughs) when I put on my vitamin C. So what about inactive ingredients like botanicals? I'm hearing a lot of buzz about botanical-based skincare what types of ingredients are botanicals made up of? They're from flowers and plants, and they're not always necessarily inactive. It really depends on their concentrations. Okay, so they can be active. And for instance, we're getting ready to launch a product that has red ginseng stem cell serum in it. Obviously, that is plant-derived from red ginseng. At the level that we're offering it at, it is an active ingredient that is a very powerful antioxidant. That's awesome. Well, what are some of the other benefits of botanicals? Well, they can be very calming. calming. They can help minimize conditions such as blotchiness and redness, a ruddy-looking skin. They provide anti-aging properties, especially when they also act as an antioxidant. They can improve hydration, and they can protect the skin from harmful environmental stressors. So they're really a powerful part of nature. They are. Not only in uh, these kinds of products, but in other vitamins and health related health and wellness related products. So what about inactives like emollients? What do emollients do? I know that part of it is about the moisturizing properties, but is there anything else that we need to know about emollients? So emollients is one of the ingredients in a moisturizer that works to soften and smooth the skin. But emollients also, they create a barrier between you and the environment, helping prevent trans epidermal water loss. 
So commonly referred to in the dermatology industry as TUL, T-E-W-L. So, and what that does is, especially let's say you've had a procedure where you've removed that barrier, then you want a good emollient to help put that barrier back. But also in conditions like eczema, psoriasis, and this sort of thing, you need a barrier between you and the environment because your skin is obviously hyperactive. So that is one way that those would help you. But there are certain ones that help better than others, especially in those medical conditions. So would you use an emollient after, say, a microneedling treatment or a chemical pill? Yes, you would. Okay. Well, I, you know, I know I put something on my face after those, but I didn't know it was an emollient or I didn't know the role. And I definitely, that's a new one on me too. Tool, T-E-W-L stands for transepidermal water loss. That's fancy. You're learning something, I'm, Kelly. I'm learning. <laughs> I am. I feel like I'm taking a class. So what about preservatives? We did talk a little about preservatives and the dangers of paraben. What are good preservatives to use? Because obviously you have to have some preservatives, right? You do have to have some preservatives. So they're to help, you know, to keep from bacteria and extend the shelf life of skincare products. So I like to tell people that really a natural preservative, just to put it simple for people, is salt. So I don't know if you remember back in the olden days when they used to slaughter their own animals and they would hang them in a shed and they covered them with salt to help protect them from the bacteria and the bugs and all of that. Right. So that's one form of a natural preservative. There are many different types of natural preservatives. There are many different types that are not natural and are harmful to the body as well. Okay. So, Angelia, you also mentioned that in addition to retinol, you really love TCA and that TCA can get you some of the same results as alpha hydroxies and beta hydroxies with less irritation. It's a great exfoliator. And, oh, my gosh, the A-Method has an amazing TCA pill that is ironically called the Amazing Pill. I think it may be my favorite A-Method product. We're talking a lot about A-Method products today. Y'all, sometimes we don't even talk about A-Method products on this podcast at all. But some re- for some reason today, it just seems to lend itself to talking about a lot of the products. And tell us about the Amazing Pill Kit. I believe you launched it last year, and it's been a bestseller. Yes, we launched it during COVID where people could not go out. And, you know, get their typical chemical pills that they would go to a physician's office and get. And we wanted them to have a way to be able to get these results at home. So the TCA, the amazing pill kit has TCA in it, along with five other acids in there that do perform like a pill that you might would get in a physician's office. You can actually layer it. Now, in a physician's office, they might layer it more, which giving you a deeper pill. We needed to play it safe and we minimized. You could probably only get about two layers out of this. But you will get results from it with pigmentation, fine lines, pores, just your whole overall glow of your skin. And you won't have a lot of downtime. You know, I mean, you did it on a Friday night. I don't know that you would have any downtime, really. But in case you did, by Monday morning, you'd be fine. It does come also with the aftercare products in with it. Right. I I absolutely love it. It's safe and designed for at-home use. And I got back into town Well, last night I was frantically searching for an amazing, I was like, I need an amazing pill. And I figured out I was out of them. So I've got to stock up. I'm planning on giving them for gifts this year too, for holiday gifts, because they are really, really good. Well, I hope all your friends are listening and getting excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) 
that and the 24 karat gold snail serum. Those are two of my big gift gifty items this year. So, okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Is there anything that we haven't covered when it comes to understanding active versus inactive ingredients? I want to share a story, Kelly, because it's one that's kind of happened to me recently. And I think it's a great way to point out to people kind of how to look and what to look for. Because this is all about empowering them how to make the best decisions and them not getting ripped off. So recently, I spoke to a doctor and they had this one retinol that they just loved. Well, obviously, I want to know what that is. You know, gosh, if it's that great, what is so great about it? So I was looking at it. They handed it to me and I was looking at it and I noticed that retinol was like way down on the list. And I'm like, what's so great about this? There's hardly any retinol in it, I don't think. But you know what? I can send it off to an independent lab and I can have it tested to see how much retinol was in there. And in this product that this physician was selling, the amount of retinol in there was 0.002. Now, remember, I said that you need typically 1% or 0.5%. So take your decimal and go 0.002 and you'll see there really wasn't any active retinol in there. And this is what they were selling to their patient. They really didn't know that because they were just listening to a salesman come in and give them the hype about what all it did. So once again, this is to empower you to make the best decisions. If that active ingredient isn't up in those first three to five ingredients, that's not the one Start for you. asking questions. It Start is. asking questions, even if you're in a physician's or dermatologist's or medical spa office of you know, they're selling you a retinol product and retinol isn't in the first three ingredients, it's probably not worth your money. And I want to tell you too, that this particular product sells for over $100. Yeah. And this is what somebody was getting thinking that it was going to stimulate collagen and that's in their like skin. Nothing. That's going to do hardly anything. So it really is about consumer awareness and consumer education. I mean, that's why we started this podcast. We named it Skincare Moxie because Moxie is all about strength and knowledge and stick to itness, and we wanted to really bring that out and help women learn and men who may be interested in what the skincare industry is all about and how to protect yourself from getting ripped off and how to select the best products. So, just it's just like anything else. You really have to be your own advocate, ask questions, learn what you need to learn and then go out and make really good decisions. So, well, thank you so much for today's skincare class. <laughs> I think this is what have been I think this has been one of our most informative episodes. So, over time we have woven an all natural skincare or health tip into the podcast and I just on a closing note want to ask if you had any, have any words of wisdom for us today. I do, Kelly. So, this has actually happened to me a couple times in the past week and it's an all natural tip that I've used all of my life, I grew up in the country, really, really poor. We didn't have everything on hand, you know, that we needed necessarily. And we didn't have always have a way into town. So if you get a bug bite of any kind, be it a mosquito, which happened to my granddaughter this last week, or um, like I got bit by a red ant, if you will get a tea bag and you will run as hot a water over it as you can get it, and then you lay it on that, it will draw out the poison and that will go away. And, you know, like the mosquito brought blood. And so it whelped up. But after putting that on there, it just went away because it draws that poison out. And that poison is kind of what continues to make things itch, 
more itchy and inflamed. So if you can get that out of there and it'll do it naturally. Another way you can do that, not my preferable way, is if you had tobacco, any form of tobacco, mm-hmm. chewing tobacco or cigarette, you can get it wet as well and put it on there and it will have the same effect. I prefer to go with a tea bag myself. <laughs> I agree, but I've seen the to- I've seen tobacco used. You know, I grew up in the the mountains of Western North Carolina. So <laughs> I've seen some stuff. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you again. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. I hope this episode has taught you a lot about active versus inactive ingredients. And uh, we have a special offer today, which is on the amazing pill. This was my idea. I was like, why don't we do a special offer on the amazing pill? Because it is truly amazing. So if you would like to try the amazing pill, you can go to the amethod.com and use the discount code MYMOXIE20, and it will give you 20% off the Amazing Pill, which I think retails for around $59. $59, right. Mm-hmm. It, it's a great deal. I highly recommend it. Don't forget to follow the Skincare Moxie podcast in social media by following the A Method on Facebook and the A Method on Instagram. You can also follow the hashtag Skincare Moxie, and Moxie is spelled M O X I E. If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast so it comes directly to your inbox each week, visit theamethod.com and click the podcast icon at the top right of the screen. And each week you will get a notification um, that the podcast is live and you can check out any special offers that are associated with it. And finally, Angelia has agreed to answer your skincare questions personally. If you want to get on a regimen and you have any questions, you can email her at angelia at theamethod.com. Her name is spelled just like it sounds, A-N-G-E-L-I-A. Also, there's live chat available on theamethod.com now. So if you have any questions, you can chat with a licensed esthetician who will help you select a product or answer any of your skincare concerns and and help you in any way possible. So special thanks to our sound engineer, Chris Hill of Knoxville-based HumblePod, who incidentally is having a baby today. So congratulations to to Chris and Bahar at HumblePod.com. Thanks, everyone. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next week.